two prophecies, one from Moses and one from a non-Israelite. What do they both have to do about Jesus? Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am William Dyer, and this is Dyer Conversations. Okay, so again, welcome to today's podcast. We are going through a series where we are looking at the main prophecies in the Old Testament that speak of the coming Messiah figure. Now, we're not going all all over the place. We're not looking at every single prophecy. We're just looking at the major ones because, again, I have found that a lot of people, including myself in the past, have misinterpreted these passages, have not done a good job at realizing how the New Testament applies these passages to Jesus. So the first passage we're looking at today comes in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verses 15 through 19. Now, from our last video, which I will link on the screen right now and also put a link in the description below, the last video we were talking about two other prophecies in the book of Genesis. So kind of skipped ahead, right? We went from the time of Abraham and his sons Isaac, and then you get Jacob, 12 tribes of Israel. They've gone down into Egypt. They've been enslaved. They have come out with Moses in the Exodus, and now they are wandering in the wilderness. So that's kind of the context of where we're at right now. As these Israelites are coming out of Egypt and they're wandering around in the wilderness, they interact with some other nations. And you got to think, these other nations, well, they're a little bit worried, right? You have this huge group of people who just, in their minds, defeated the great Egyptian army, and now they're marching onto their property. Yeah, I'd watch out for them too. So some of these nations are not going to be friendly with the Israelites. One of those nations is going to be Moab. Now, Moab has a king, King Balak, and King Balak hires this guy, very weird guy. We don't know a lot about him, but he hires this guy named Balaam. Now, evidently, Balaam is some sort of very ancient soothsayer, priest-like figure, somebody, you know, people would go to and, you know, try to get visions and dreams or interpretations of these things or getting to give them prophecies, things like this. He's pretty well known, seems to be a pretty popular figure, but we don't know a lot about him. Well, anyways, Balak hires Balaam to come and curse the Israelites because, again, this king does not want the Israelites coming over to somehow defeat uh, his people. You can read that whole story for yourself. We're not going to go through all the details, but I do want to look at what happens when Balaam finally comes, because first he said he wasn't going to come, when he finally comes and he gets this vision that he's going to prophesy in front of Balak. So, Numbers chapter 24 verses 15 through 19. It says, He took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Baor, and the oracle of the man whose eye is open, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down, yet having his eyes uncovered. Now, basically what he's talking about here is he had had some interaction with Yahweh himself, right? Um, not saying that he was a worshiper of him, not saying that he knew him intimately, but as he was getting contracted to come here and curse the Israelites, he did have some interaction with the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, verse 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel. And shall crush through the forehead of Moab and tear down all the sons of Sheath. So Balaam's describing this vision that he got, and it's kind of mysterious, right? It's a little bit dark. He doesn't understand all the details about it. But what he does say is, look, 
I can kind of see hazily. I see this figure. It's a star. It's a ruler that's going to be coming from Jacob. Now, again, if you remember from our last video, when we talked about Genesis 49, we said that there was going to be a royal line, this um, majestic or this, this kingly figure who was coming from the line of Judah. Remember, Judah is one of the kids of Jacob. So here, Balaam, he gets this, he gets this vision from the Lord. And he sees a star, a ruler, coming from Jacob's descendants, who's going to crush Moab. Now, the, the Jews understood this passage to be about the Messiah. I'll give you one example. In about 130-some A.D., so you got 2nd century, this is after Jesus has come, you have a Jew, uh, this guy named Simeon bar Kokoba, and literally it means Simeon of the Star. So he took a title to himself to be the star figure. He was a, a Jewish military ruler who led a revolt against the Romans. Now remember, during this time, the Romans are ruling over the Jews. And the Jews, this is what they had a problem with Jesus, they wanted the Messiah to be a military ruler, somebody who's going to throw off the Romans and set up this Israel state so they can then finally be the kingdom that they think God wants them to be. Well, the Simeon guy, who has the title Son of the Star, leads a revolt against the Romans and actually establishes an independent Jewish state for a few years. Now, it finally gets crushed by the Romans, and you know things don't work out too, too well with them. But during his time, the Jews hailed him as the promised Messiah figure, because this is what they want it. This all goes back to Balaam and his prophecy here, where he sees a star-like figure, a ruler coming who's going to destroy Moab. But then if you go on in this chapter, you see that he names a few other nations or kings who represent different nations. And we're not going to go through the exact uh, details that he gives about those nations, but I do want to say this, that he talks about uh, Amalek, the Kenites, and other Mesopotamian powers. I really like what Charles Briggs says in his book, Messianic Prophecy. He says that these were types and forerunners of all those nations who war against the Israel of God, as they are presented to us in later prophecy. Explicitly, the prophecy is generic and refers to the kingdom of God as those triumphant. But implicitly, it involves in the subsequent development of the idea of the royal house of David and his subjugation of the nation, still further, the royal scepter of David's greater son. So essentially what he's saying here is Balaam's prophecy against what this messianic figure, according you know, to Balaam's prophecy, is going to do, you know, to destroy these nations, these Mesopotamian powers and other ones. He says, look, those powers are really just, they're just types of the sort of nations who are going to oppose God's people. And really what the fulfillment is, is that when the Messiah comes, he is going to destroy the enemies of God, and God's people are going to be the ones who are going to be victorious in the end. Now, how you interpret that kind of depends on what you believe in your New Testament eschatology. Eschatology is a study of the end times, whether you're a premillennialist, postmillennialist, amillennialist, you know, pre-trib, post-trib, all this sort of other stuff. Not trying to get into that now, but all Christians understand that the Messiah is going to reign as king and God's people are going to be victorious over the enemies. But it's just cool to see how this all comes back right here to Balaam. Okay, second prophecy that we're going to go over comes from Moses himself, Deuteronomy chapter 18. 
We're going to read verses 15 and verse 18. It says, The Lord your God, this is Moses speaking, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your own countrymen. You shall listen listen to him. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. This is what God said to Moses. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So here's what Moses is telling this generation of the Israelites. This is, again, before Moses um, is going to be taken up to be with the Lord, before the Israelites go into the land, he, and they've been wandering in the wilderness all these years, the first generation has died off. He tells them that there's going to be a prophet, the prophet. It's interesting here, right? It's singular. He didn't say a line of prophets. He didn't say a, a group of prophets. He says there's going to be a specific prophet who's coming who's going to be like me, Moses, and God is going to put his words in his mouth. And when he speaks, he's going to speak with authority. So let's kind of dig here and understand exactly what Moses is saying. How is it that Moses is unique now so we can understand how the Messiah figure is going to be like Moses? All right, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 10 through 12. Since that time, No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. For all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh, all his servants, and all his land, and for all the mighty power and for all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. Also, Numbers 12, 6-8. This is God rebuking those who have rebelled against Moses' authority. He says, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So here we see that Moses is a very unique figure uh, as far as a prophet amongst the people. He's not just one of many prophets. Moses is the authority figure, the mouthpiece of God to Israel during this time. And God even rebukes those who went and opposed Moses at a certain time and said, oh, look, there's other prophets, and I speak to them in visions and dreams and you know things like that. However, with Moses, face to face, I speak to him like a friend. We sit down over a table face to face, and we talk, and I reveal things to him. So he's saying Moses is unique. Now, again, we go back to our prophecy here in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we realize that Moses says that God's going to raise up a prophet that's like Moses. That means there's going to be a second figure who's going to be the authority figure over Israel to speak the law of God or to speak the word of God to the nation. So how are we to understand this? Well, if you go to the New Testament, John, the book of John, the Gospel of John, has multiple times when this idea is brought up. So let's look at a couple of them. John the Baptist has started to gain a big popularity. Some people come to ask him who he is, and they said, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So we see here, you know, right off the get-go, you got this figure is coming. He's he's prophesying. He's speaking the word of God. A great revival's happening. He's baptizing people, and these people, you know, these other Jews are like, "Oh, are you the prophet? Who's the prophet?" That goes back to Deuteronomy chapter eighteen. 
They're asking him, are you this Messiah figure who Moses talked about, the one who's going to bring forth the law of God for the whole nation of Israel? Okay, John chapter 6, next verse. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which Jesus had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Again, what they are referring to, these are Jews. They know their scriptures. They are looking back here to Deuteronomy chapter 18. They know there is a figure who is coming, who is going to be the mouthpiece of God, not just a prophet like Ezekiel or Daniel or Jeremiah or Hosea. No, no, no. You're going to have a unique prophet like Moses, one who brings in a new revelation from God. It's going to be for all of Israel. That's who they're referring to. And that is who the Messiah figure was supposed to be. Now, we move past that. And we realize in the book of Acts that both Peter and Stephen apply this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. They apply it to Jesus when they are confronting the Jewish leaders. They say, look, Moses said there's going to be a prophet who's raised up like him, and God's going to put words into his mouth to speak to Israel. That's Jesus. He brought forth a word that you didn't like and you killed him. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me on another podcast. Again, if you are enjoying this content, make sure to like this video, or if you're listening on some sort of audio platform, leave me a rating. Uh, leave me some comments below. Let me know something that you learned. Maybe you disagree with something. That's fine too. But until next time, seek the truth and you will find it.